Can I tell you how jealous I am of your childhood, man? I mean, <laughs> this is fantastic. It's right out of a movie, Tony. Yeah. God, I was a miserable fat kid who learning how to play trumpet. <laughs> Someone's got to do the tough stuff, the surfing, God, Tony. Man, yeah. I want to go back in time. I got cheated. Hi, I'm Todd Harrington, and you're listening to the Gray Matters Podcast. Along with my co-host, Tony Hoyland, we talk to people and explore their lifelong passions and interests they've embraced over the years. It's a bit nostalgic, but mostly it's about people's personal stories of passion and how those passions have evolved over the years. Welcome to the Gray Matters Podcast. I was told, actually, by a friend of mine when I lived in L.A., he said, if you could teach your kids anything, teach them to surf, they'll love you forever. Today, we're going to be talking about a, an American pastime. It's surfing. Today, we have one of those surfers who actually started very young and is still doing it. Uh, his name is Stephen Wilson. Stephen is a bi-coastal surfer, and when he's not surfing, he's a brilliant ad man and screenwriter. Stephen is still hitting the waves today, though. He's doing it a little differently, which he'll tell us some, a bit about. So this today's episode is called Growing Up Surfing with our guest. Stephen Wilson. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Todd. How you doing? I'm good. Well, Stephen, when did you start surfing? I know you're around my age, yeah. so you can... Yeah, so, um, well, I grew up out at the beach on uh, the eastern, the shore of eastern Long Island, and uh, I lived here for um, about 10 years, uh, all year round, and so I, I was in the ocean from May till November as a kid. Well, maybe not November, October. Um, we didn't really have wetsuits back then. But I started out in the water. You were tougher. You were yeah, tougher back we were then. tougher back then. Yeah. Yeah. I started out in the water um, riding waves on those, those inflatable rubber rafts, ah, yes. ones that were hard rubber with uh, the, yellow, uh, the yellow rubber tips and the canvas body. And we would and the rope and the rope up. handle to hold them, right? And the little well, rope handle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we would we would pump these things up until they were hard as a rock, and that was our surfboard. We, um, my buddies and I, we would be in the ocean all day long, and there was nothing better than seeing a wave and yelling "Rider!" and then you paddle like crazy, and five of us abreast are bouncing along, bumping into each other as we ride the white water all the way in. And then we jump back in and do it again. So that was from, I don't know, age five to, to 10 or so. And then um, I guess I was around 11, 10 or 11. And I, I inherited from an older brother a Corky Carroll six-foot space stick. Um, it was orange. It, had, uh, it was a tri-fin with a blunt tail. And that's, that's what I started riding waves, for real. Um, and the, the, uh, the ocean in eastern Long Island, I don't know if you've been out here that much, but the waves require two things, a north wind and a good swell. When we were little, we didn't, we didn't care. We'd just get in the ocean every day and we'd be riding ripples and, and uh, wind swells and shore break. Um, and that didn't, you know, it didn't matter when, when we didn't know anything. But uh, as a surfer now, it's you pretty much uh, don't get in the water unless the waves are worth it. 
And so these days, it's, it's, a, it's a, that two combination, the, the north wind, which comes off, it's an offshore wind, and it blows into the waves, and it, it smooths out the water, so it's, it's clear and clean as glass, and the swell coming in, it, it actually puffs it up and brings it up and it allows it to break cleanly so you can ride the shoulder and have a, have a good session. As I grew into my teen years and surfing proved to be very much the, the, uh, the thing to get girls, uh, exactly. it just encouraged the, uh, the sport and made it even more fun. Um, you know, you're out, you're out in the sun all day in, in the water, your hair turns uh, white blonde, mine did anyway, um, you're tan and you're trim and um, it was just a combination of, of surfing and girls and life Gee, I got to take a cold shower just listening to this. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those summers are, the be- are etched in my brain from, you know, 15 to 18. By the way, 18 back then is when you could drink. So right. we all had our phony IDs at 16. So we were out at 16 hitting the local bars in, in Long Island. And uh, I won't mention any names, get them in trouble. Half That's of them true. aren't around any longer. But anyway, the, uh, the, the days were, were fun and the nights were even better. And it all, it all revolved around surfing. It was just a, a cultural thing that we, we uh, my buddies, there were four of us, we'd, we'd cruise up and down uh, the coast. There were five or six breaks that we liked. Uh, we'd go from the jetties in West Hampton down to the bowl, which was at the inlet, uh, the Shinnecock Inlet. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't go that far because we were still kids, but there, there was plenty of surf. And um, during a summer back then, we'd probably have, I don't know, out of 60 days, 70 days, we'd probably have 25 pretty good days. And the other days, we'd just be farting around in the shore break. And, well, it's, and it's those, funny on the, on the East Coast, uh, having been on both coasts with uh, attempting to surf, what you mentioned earlier is that, and I see that now uh, out at Jones Beach, is that it just, it's impossible. They, they crash on the, on the, right on the shore. And Ali, it's getting, yeah. my daughter's getting very frustrated trying to do that. So understanding, as I told her to download an app and understanding the way the winds, the north wind and the good swell is important to know when you go out there. Otherwise, it's a waste of time just getting brutally yeah. Pummeled. Well, if you're good and you have a, a short board, you can actually ride that shore break, and, but it requires great skill because you're, you're catching the wave as it's critical, as it's breaking, and you have to do a, a radical straight parallel uh, along the face of the wave. You can't go towards the shore at all. It's a, it's your you have no margin for error, but a good surfer can, can have fun on those waves. But a beginner, and I would tell, I would tell your daughter that um, she shouldn't even be getting in the water if, and trying those, that shore break. She'll hurt yeah, herself. You, you tell what her you, that. Yeah. What you should be doing is, is pushing her in the, in the bay or in the sound and, and giving her propulsion so that she can pop up. That's her only goal right now is is popping up. She shouldn't be trying to catch waves. It's hmm. well, on that. Not, yeah. not in the Atlantic, yeah. at least. You know, maybe down in Costa Rica where they're nice, gentle 
consistent waves coming in, but but the Atlantic until you have some you know your your solid feet underneath you, uh, you shouldn't attempt it. Well, and, and and then you obviously you moved and out to California where yeah, so, the Atlantic, the Pacific's a very different mindset, very very yeah, cultish so, out there, religious out there. Yeah, so so I, I moved in eighty seven out to Los Angeles and I I cannot lie that surfing was a big part of that. Um, I had two brothers who were already out here, both surfers, and so I joined the party. And uh, the West Coast is a whole different, whole different game. Um, and you know, the sur surfers back in the day when I was doing it out here, it was a we were a sort of a ragtag uh, bunch of rebels. Um, it wasn't mainstream at all. You get out to L.A. and everybody's a surfer. If you if you see some of those old '60s beach blanket bingo movies, um, they they actually use a lot of archival footage, and you you will see the the beaches packed with surfers, just packed. It was a huge national craze in the '60s and '70s um, in California, and that that carried over um, and became part of the the cultural landscape and so now you'll you'll see you get up you paddle out into the lineup and you'll see a 75 year old gray-haired dude in a ponytail oh my um, god it's hope for me that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> steve i got a quick question sure. do you remember that movie um endless summer oh yeah i remember my brother had a poster uh, in his room that, i never saw it but like that to me like that i know nothing about surfing but that that was it you know that's the that's the Ultimate iconic shot of surfing yeah. is the Endless Summer poster. If you were to boil it down to one image, that's it. Wow. And so, so, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, seeing as we're, we're uh, in Gray Matters land, about 15 years ago, well, maybe not that far back, 12 years ago, my older brother and I, uh, we were on the East Coast, and he, he had just donated two paddle boards to our local beach club. And uh, neither of us knew anything about paddle board surfing, but we wanted to try. And we, we were both out here for the summer. And so we took these, these giant, they were like, um, I think, 11-foot Hanson paddle boards. They're huge. Yeah. Which are huge. And we, uh, we took him out into the ocean and started goofing around on them. And there was this one sandbar down uh, about a mile away where it was breaking consistently every day, even if there wasn't a swell. There were, there were waves that you could catch. So we, uh, we just paddled down there and then started pointing those, those, those battleships into the waves and started surfing. And it, it started... It, it, it actually changed my life because surfing on your belly is very taxing. You're yeah. you're arching your back the whole time. You're using your shoulders like like windmills to paddle, and the hopping up it, when you catch the wave. Um, you know, I I don't have hip or joint problems, but I know a lot of my my buddies do, and that hopping up can be problematic as you get older, and so. We learned how to 
paddleboard, and it's I I haven't surfed on my belly uh, in three years. Wow! And, and I'm not sure if I ever will again, because paddleboard surfing is by orders of magnitude easier and more efficient. You're already standing, so there's no hopping up. You uh, are standing up tall, so you can see much further out to where the waves are breaking. You, are, you have probably two times the mobility of a, a belly a prone surfer because the, the paddle that you have in your hand gives you incredible leverage. And these, these boards, because they're bigger, they get momentum and, and you just can sail quickly to where the wave is breaking. So if you're in a lineup, um, if, if there are five surfers waiting, surfers on their belly, prone surfers I'll call them, uh, if they're sitting in the lineup waiting for a wave and you're on a paddleboard, you see, the, you see where the wave is coming and where it's going to break before they do. And you can get to it way more quickly than they can. And so, and you can catch it further out because your, your, your board is bigger and it, it catches the wave more readily. And so, in essence, you're, you're catching uh, many more waves than they are. And if you want to be a jerk about it, you catch it early and then it's your wave. And if they even try to, to drop in on you, you're, you're way bigger than they are, and they're probably not going to like getting rammed. But what happens with the paddle when you wipe out? Oh, well, you, you, know, you hold on to it because you don't want to <laughs> drop it because it, right, it, it could, um, you know, it, you could lose it in the, if it's big surf. <laughs> um, and then you, then you have to paddle on your belly, and paddling a, a paddleboard on your belly is, is, is kind of hard. You yeah, can do it, but it's, it's not very efficient. But speaking of that, I, I snapped my, my uh, paddle just the other day. It just, I've, I wiped out and I come up and I'm only holding half a paddle. It just snapped right in two. So, I mean, you got to believe so, there's some moments where they almost could possibly impale you. I mean, I just think yeah. that when you wipe out, like maybe you just don't wipe out that badly. Well, know. you don't, you know, and you're also dealing with a lot more lumber with, with this bigger board. Right. So you, you tend to um, be more careful, um, I guess, when you're, when you're getting into trouble. You, you, you know when you're getting into trouble and you can bail out early. Um, also, the other thing about the, the, one of the, the, the main knock on paddleboard surfing is that the, the boards are bigger and so you don't have the same kind of maneuverability that you do right. on a shorter board. And so, you know, a, a six-foot little potato chip, you can, you can do aerials and 360s and whip around, and you can't do that on a paddleboard. So, so I never really got, I never was that kind of a, a crazy shredding surfer. That Nowadays, uh, what we did in the, in the 70s does, doesn't resemble anything close to what they're doing today. I mean, they're, it's, it's acrobatic. The, the stunts that the top surfers do. So do you think the trend is going to be just, you know, go more to paddleboard or the young people still want the, the fantasy and the passion and the mystique yeah, yeah, of they, being a surfer? 
Yeah, exactly. It's that. They, the, the young people are still, by and large, surfing prone. Um, okay. But the smart, smart guys, at least the older smart guys, realize that that paddleboard surfing is way more efficient and, in my mind, more fun because you're getting three times the waves sure. in a session than you would on your belly. And it, it's borne out every time I go out. I see these guys sitting around on their boards just waiting and waiting and waiting. And meanwhile, I'm passing them up wave after wave, like, hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, there you are again. Hey, how you doing? And, so, and I know that it's, it's obnoxious that, that we're catching all these waves and they're not. It's, you could do it forever, right? I mean, you don't, as you said, you saw a 75-year-old surfer, but this, you could do this forever because you're already standing you up, could, your joints, it's all easy on your you joints. You could do it forever. Here's one other thing I want to point out about paddleboard surfing. It's much easier to learn. And there's a generation of, of, of paddle surfers, at least out in LA, who never even learned how to surf on their belly. They just, they went from paddling around on a board uh, just for exercise to, oh wait, maybe I can, maybe I can point this into a wave. And suddenly they're surfing. It, it, the learning curve is about, uh, I don't know, a quarter as, as steep, or, 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 I don't know, it's, it's very short and easy. You, your daughter could, could learn how to paddleboard in um, half the time she could learn how to surf, because yeah, but, there's no hopping up. Right, but she's already got the Endless Summer poster on her, well, on her wall. She's got. She's going the Mystique route first, and she okay. realized that. Well, yeah, so I, I, mean, and I, I would too. I, my, you know, I had my kids learn how to surf prone before right. paddleboarding. And you're right about that quote. Um, your, your kids do thank you for teaching them how to surf. That is for sure. So any, was, was there, any, was no, there an end? Well, we, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. It always is, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good. Very good. Um, this has uh, been a wonderful uh, learning, inspirational talk with Stephen and Tony. Any last thoughts from you? No, man. Very cool. If, again, I'm just very jealous of Stephen. I'm so I sort of hate you now. Um, yeah. I, I I'm kind of hating myself. Yeah, I, I can't shape, shape that image of uh, Tony uh, learning the fat kid learning the trumpet when the dude, whole time. Dude, it's my life. It. It's kind of it's <laughs> ongoing. So replay. We're going surfing. There you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gray Matters podcast. Please rate and review it, and tell your friends to. For more information about this podcast, go to thegraymatters.org. And please subscribe to The Gray Matters wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank again my guest, Stephen Wilson, my co-host, Tony Hoyland, and a special thanks to you, the listener. 